Welcome to the 10K Collective podcast for six, seven and eight figure Amazon and e-commerce sellers, a part of the amazing FBA family. If you want to scale fast, target a seven figure exit and enjoy the process, then keep listening. Today's episode is sponsored by the new e-commerce podcast, The E-Commerce Leader, co-hosted by myself, Michael Vizi, and Jason Miles, top 1% Shopify store owner and Unimi's highest rated e-commerce instructor. If you're the owner of a thriving e-commerce business, look for The E-Commerce Leader on your favorite podcast app and subscribe today. Hey there, folks, and we're live with Hi Morgan from Refund Sniper. Heim, welcome to the podcast, man. Good to see you. you. Thank you, Michael. Where are you coming to us from in the world today? Uh, coming to you from Woodmere, New York, where is the headquarters. Uh, that's where Refund Sniper's headquartered. That's near Long Island for those... You know, for those who are not sure what Woodmere is, but that's near the Long Island area. Yeah, I had no idea. So thank you for explaining that. Long Island is the bit, the, the long thing that goes east-west near, near New York, right? Okay, so right on the east coast. And right. um, so we're going to talk something that is really, really basic but important. So Refund Sniper, obviously the clue's in the name, in the business of getting Amazon sellers refunds from Amazon, right? Not rocket science. This is one of those super simple episodes, guys. And yet, this is a big thing, isn't it? Because I know that there's a lot... Uh, of people out there who are selling on Amazon who are owed a huge amount of money by Amazon. They have no idea, which is kind of a really nice thing because although it's nasty to realize somebody owes you money and you haven't got it yet, it's wonderful to realize you could go out and just get a ton of money with your name on it. So I think this is a very simple and very positive episode compared to other ones where I have to deliver bad news about things uh, or getting to very complex business things. So first of all, tell us a little bit about, you know, what is Refund Sniper and who you are? And then let's get into the whole business of how do we get money back? Absolutely. Okay. So Refund Sniper, like you said, it's all in the name. So refund as in refunds. So getting money back. And Sniper, we chose that name because it's, you know, our targeted approach to reviewing Amazon sellers inventory that, that you know, yields fantastic results in this space. So Refund Sniper got started about, uh, we're a little over five years now, closing in on six years. And basically, Noah Gross, who was our founder and CEO, he used to have a wholesale spice company that sold to Amazon Seller Central and Vendor Central. Now, anybody who knows Noah Gross knows that he's a, uh, a brilliant guy when it comes to numbers. And as he'd be reconciling his, you know, Amazon inventory account, et cetera, you know, he, he realized that things weren't adding up. So I, he'd be sending in X amount and should have translated into Y amount of sales. But then when you actually look in the account, there was only Z amount of sales and things weren't adding up. So he started, you know, digging and diving into the, to the, the back end of Amazon, into the, into the data aspect of it. And he started, you know, piecing various reports together to create a, a clear picture of, try to get a clear picture of what was actually going on. And he realized, you know, once he started putting things together, that there's there's a, a hole in the back end of his Amazon account where there was inventory bleeding out the back end. And he started reconciling things and opening cases with Amazon. And he started getting reimbursed for those discrepancies. And then once he did it for himself and reconciled his own account, then he did it for a friend. And then he did it for the friend's brother-in-law. And then et cetera, et cetera. And before you know it, it spiraled into a business. That's how Refund Sniper was born. Shortly after that, it became a full-time operation for Noah. And he sold out of the Wholesale Spice Company. And Refund Sniper was born full-time reconciling Amazon seller accounts. So that's where we got started in the space. We were strictly Seller Central for a couple of years. And then as Vendor Central was picking up steam, so just for those who may not know the difference, Seller Central is when you sell on Amazon. Vendor Central is when you sell to Amazon. 
uh, Amazon is the vendor and purchasing from you and selling it under their name. So we started connecting with some you know, different vendors and they were asking us, hey, is there anything you could do in the vendor space? Because we're having an issue that things aren't making sense, similar to you know the type of issues you might have in the seller space, but obviously from a different perspective. And we started digging into the data that's available there. And we built algorithms around it like we did for seller. And today we audit vendor central accounts as well. We're looking for different things in seller and vendor, but that's Refund Sniper in a nutshell in how it uh, relates to you know seller central and vendor central. Brilliant. Thanks for clarifying that. There's a few sure. things to ask around that. The first thing I'd say is that obviously scratching your own itch, always smart. And it's nice to know that Noah started, as many people do who run SaaS businesses or service meets software, that uh, they started, they understand the needs of, of sellers. But yes, Seller Central and Vendor Central, quite different beasts. I mean, Vendor Central is... For most of us, I think I can. It's fair to say that the people I've spoken to, with a few, with I can't think of any exceptions, actually found Fenter Central a horrendous business selling direct to Amazon. Turns out even worse than selling on Amazon. I mean, selling on Amazon is great when you get paid, but the way you get dealt with and given the runaround by Amazon, horrible. And turns out Vendor Central even worse. So they, they need your help even more probably. Right. So, okay. So we can see that in theory, well, I was going to ask you, why does this matter? I can see why in theory it's a good idea, but you just mentioned already, you have to look at a ton of different reports. It's looking in the numbers in detail. Some of us are more geared to that than others. Some of us are more fluent with that than others. So is it worth it? Does it even matter that much? Are we talking just a few hundred dollars? Is it a small discrepancy? You know, is it worth pursuing it in any kind of seriousness? Excellent question. So it certainly matters for a number of reasons. First of all, besides the fact that the data spread over multiple different, you know, reports and, you know, things like that, but just having the know-how, first of all, many sellers on their own don't even know how to reconcile the account. And you know, there's what we're looking for is we want to make sure that every single unit that was sent into Amazon during the time that we audit. So Refund Sniper performs quarterly audits. Once a quarter, we go into an account and we reconcile that account going the previous 18 months before the date that we audit. So if, you know, we want to make sure that during that 18 month period, every unit that was sent into FBA during that time is accounted for either in terms of a sale, a return, is it still in stock? Was it damaged in transit? Was it lost in transit? Was it damaged in the warehouse, lost in the warehouse, discrepant, disposed of, et cetera. There's quite a bit of things that can go you know, wrong with inventory behind the scenes. So a lot of times folks think that, you know, hey, I send in my inventory into Amazon, it gets received. Some of it goes missing from inbound. I reconcile those shipments when Amazon allows me after the uh, you know, said date, I reconcile those and then I'm good to go. But unbeknownst to them, what really happens after that is then there's a whole process. Amazon inventory is like a moving highway. It is constantly going from place to place to place. It is moving from one warehouse to the next warehouse until it actually reaches the customer. And during that time, there's quite a bit that happens with your inventory. And you want to make sure that every unit that you sent in is accounted for. So that's where Refund Sniper is brings tremendous value. It's not just in the missing from inbound, which lots of sellers say, oh yeah, missing from inbound, I do that on my own. It's way beyond that. And it's really ensuring that every unit's accounted for. And when it's not, and we find those discrepancies, once we take all that data, run it through our algorithms, then we go ahead and, and take that list of discrepancies and start filing the cases with Amazon, et cetera, and perform the follow-up to ensure reimbursement. Excellent. So I think what one of the things to say is that the whole stock management piece is 
the more you look into it, the, the bigger the rabbit hole goes, the deeper the hole goes. So with my more advanced sellers these days, it's becoming more and more of a topic. And when it is, I'm very glad because it feels to me that it's not only critical, <laughs> it affects cash flow because where your stock is and whether your stocks turn into cash, or whether your stocks turn into trash in the corner of a warehouse and nobody knows what it is, but they haven't thrown it away yet, <laughs> is a really important piece because not only that, the more deeply you go into this rabbit hole, it turns out that I think the stock accuracy rate of American retailers as a whole i don't know where this statistic comes from but i, I ran it with a guy who's been obsessed with this for 17 years so i'm trusting that it's true right. it's something like 62 percent, which means that wow. people don't know something like where their inventory is or how much they've got or the correct level of damage in a lot of cases and as you point out we have this naive assumption because amazon is very very good at what they do and they've built an incredible machine that it's therefore not just good but perfect and there's just a big gap right yeah. and the interesting thing is it's exactly what you're saying is what causes i find that gap so meaning yes amazon has built this incredible machine and they're huge and tremendous and I, I mean i think the amazon platform is is beyond incredible yes there's frustrations to deal with but there is in every business but I, I think it's incredible it's given the opportunity and platform to many sellers many founders many companies i mean pre pre amazon days you created a brand no one looked twice at you you can get on the shelf if you tried i mean maybe you, you know once the web started then you'd build a little website you get some sales here and there but what amazon's done if you leverage the tools correctly i mean it's taking you from from zero to 100 in in, in a matter of, of seconds if you do leverage the tools correctly so i feel that find that Amazon is one of the most incredible, unbelievable, powerful platforms for today's entrepreneur, which would have been very difficult in the past. But that being said, with such a large operation, inevitably, things are going to fall through the cracks. And it's not that Amazon's trying to steal you, scam you, or anything like that. I, we, you know, we get that a lot where you know clients will reach out to us and say, I feel like Amazon's stealing from me. Amazon's not. They're not here to get rich off stealing from you or anything like that. That's not what it's about. It's just that it's such a large and behemoth operation that it's inevitable that things are going to fall through the cracks, which is why it's, you know, a necessity to have different companies that can, ha you know, have your back, so to speak, to plug those gaps when things start falling through the cracks. So yes, one of the, the major areas would be inventory control, because if you're investing, you know, you take X amount of dollars, you purchase the inventory, you send it into Amazon, and then only three quarters of it gets sold and a quarter of it just disappears. That could account for a good chunk, if not all, of your you know quarterly profits, possibly in some cases. Yeah. So let's talk about that then. So let's talk about how significant this is, because obviously, if they're losing like one unit in a thousand, it doesn't really make that much difference, and it's not worth putting much time and effort into. The fact that you guys run an entire business based on this implies that it's not that small. Correct. So give me some numbers. Give me a sense for somebody selling, you know, say at the ten thousand dollars a month mark, and then somebody selling at say a hundred thousand dollars a month mark. What sort of what are the averages that you're seeing coming across your desk of the sorts of level of loss or the sorts of level of reimbursement that they could get? Okay, excellent question as well. So you're full of great questions today, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So basically, for, you know, let, let me start with the fact that we get this question all the time, and that is, you know, what specific account size do, does Refund Sniper look for? So many times, either we'll get, you know, reached out to by a client and the client will say, oh, you probably don't want to work with us. We only do, you know, $1,000 a week, et cetera. So the response to that is that Refund Sniper works with every single size account. We have a clients doing $1,000 a week. We have clients doing you know, upwards of, of, of $10 million a month, you know, you know, five to $10 million a month. So we have, we have, we're all over the map in, in terms of that. And what's interesting is, is that 
accounting for inventory applies to every single seller, no matter what size account you are or how big you are, or how small you are. For us as Refund Sniper, we view ourselves as a data company. So we approach inventory reimbursement, refund and reimbursements from a data perspective. So we want to take a look at an account's data and make sure that it all matches up during the time that we perform the audit. So it doesn't matter to us if you're doing a little bit of sales or a lot of sales, data is data. Now, that being said, generally speaking, we find that unaccounted for inventory is usually can account to anywhere of about two to 4% of gross sales. So depending on what size account you are, that can amount to a significant number. Now, that being said, it really varies though by account to account. So we always hesitate to throw out numbers. A lot of times we're speaking to clients on the phone and they say, well, what do you think you're going to find, et cetera? Really, we, we hesitate to throw out numbers. And the reason for that being is because it really varies greatly on account by account. It really depends on what you're selling, how much you're selling. You know, somebody who's going to be selling <clears throat> sets of, of of china dishes or glass vases is probably going to have more inventory loss due to damages than somebody who's selling a more durable product. So, it really varies on account by account and what you're selling. But like we said before, the average that we found is 2 to 4% of gross sales, which can amount to a pretty decent number. That being said, on our smaller end accounts, we, we you know we can complete an audit, a quarterly audit, and find them. I would say you know five hundred to a thousand dollars. The larger size accounts, we have accounts that we get them back over six digits every quarter for the accounts that are doing you know millions of sales a month. We can be finding them six digits of unaccounted for discrepant inventory, and yeah, so it, it, it's really this the spectrum varies greatly. Now, on this point specifically. If Refund Sniper completes an audit and the email you know that you get when we complete the audit is that, hey, we've reconciled your account and have found nothing discrepant, that's not something to be upset about. It's not something to be disappointed about. It's not something to say, hey, what are you guys doing? You know, what the reason for that is because that means that Amazon is actually doing what they're supposed to do and taking care of your inventory properly, and there's nothing discrepant, which means that the units that you bought to sell have gone through the inventory life cycle or are currently in the inventory life cycle nothing has fallen through the cracks and it's going to either hopefully be sold or you know or it's still in stock etc and all the right things have happened to it so i had to actually it's it's funny to note that i've started including that when i speak to clients and telling them hey if we complete an audit and you know you don't get we don't find anything which seldom happens but it does happen you know it's not something to fret about. It's not something to be upset about because yeah. I've gotten attacked in the past by people coming back to us and saying, what do you mean you didn't find anything? I love that. That's really funny. I'm like, what do you mean the system's working properly? How dare you? <laughs> so look, um, this is good stuff. So I just ran a couple of quick numbers while you were talking because I was just thinking, okay, let me take a, on the larger end of the clients that I work with would be doing say half a million dollars a month fairly regularly, more than that in some cases. But if you're doing half a million dollars a month and you've got a 4% um, gross sales kind of unaccounted inventory, Tree, right so let's say that means that the stock's got broken you haven't basically reimbursed you haven't got the cash back or the stock to sell now that doesn't sound like a big number but if you're doing i've run the numbers if you're doing a 40 percent margin which is a fairly typical number for a you know on the higher end of typical i would say mm -hmm. for a well-run uh, amazon business that's private label and and unique custom products right everyone talks about shooting for 50 percent, but i don't see so much of that <laughs> but let's say 40 percent. that means i i reckon that means it's about 13 percent of your profit is gone 
that's that's a big percentage of your profits and by the way profits are the stuff that you pay yourself from if you're taking dividends and profits are what your value of your business is if you really wanted to extrapolate that i mean you could say that the the business is probably worth about you know half a million to even a million dollars less than it should be right. i mean it's it's pretty significant when you really pay this stuff out i love to turn stuff into profit not revenue because Things that look small when they're percentages of revenue normally look a lot bigger as percentages of profits. Right. And if you multiply those out, that's the value of the business. Suddenly, yeah. it shows how serious the problem is. And yeah. I, I know personally that I've spoken with with friends of mine who are running businesses doing about half a million dollars a month. And and uh, they've had six-figure refunds uh, every quarter really from Amazon. Yeah, it's recoverable. It, yeah. it's, not, it's not something to fret about or be upset about. It's, you can get it back. I mean, we can't go back more than the 18 months. That's the max that Amazon will allow us to reconcile an account. But, you know, and, and part of our process also is that what we perform the audits quarterly, and every quarter we're going back that full 18 months. So really, every quarter gets looked at five to six times just about. So we're as thorough as thorough can be. We make sure that nothing's left behind. So I guess the classic questions to ask at this point would be what things should we be looking out for? And if we want to do it ourselves, roughly, how do we do it without going crazy and giving us 15 different spreadsheets to look at? But so the first thing, what are the classic areas of what things should we be looking out for? What are the most common causes of problems that we could be getting money back from if we get it right? Yep. So every seller, this should be your your number one, you know, whether you're a seller, you're a big business, you should have somebody who's on top of your inbound shipments. So the process, obviously, is you're sending your inventory into Amazon. Amazon's receiving it. Again, we're talking seller here. Amazon's receiving the inventory. And many times they short they short those receivings, meaning that you sent in 1,000 units and they only acknowledge that they received 950 or 900, et cetera, what have you. So those cases, yes, Amazon has lengthened that window of when you're allowed to reconcile. But every single shipment, if you go into the shipment, has a tab at the end that says reconcile. And you can click on that. And once the allowed date comes, that Amazon feels like, okay, you know, your inventory is is disappeared, essentially, you can then go ahead and uh, reconcile that shipment. It's relatively simple. You click that you want to reconcile the units that are discrepant, and they will ask you to upload a, a proof of delivery. So either a BOL or, you know, and an invoice as well. You upload that, you submit that case. And, you know, generally speaking, there might be some follow-up, but generally speaking, those, those cases uh, are, are paid out relatively simply. So your first line of defense is always missing from inbound. That's number one. And every company should be looking that on their own. I would say don't even reach out to Refund Sniper for that because you know we, we do service. We do do that for many of our clients as well who just don't want to be bothered with the whole inventory thing from top to bottom. So they will say, hey, just reconcile our inbound as well. But generally speaking, that's your first line of defense. And you should certainly be focusing on that before anything else. In addition to that, you know, it's it's really you know, unless you're, you're able to have the manpower, you're going to hire, you know, somebody specific in-house to be, you know, reconciling all these reports together. And, you know, Refund Sniper, because we're a data company, we've built algorithms around this to really get into the nitty gritty and identify everything all the way to the bottom. But you want to make sure, first of all, that you're, you know, labeling your products properly. You're following all the terms and conditions of Amazon and doing everything that you're supposed to be doing in terms of the process of sending inventory into Amazon. You want to make sure that you're not cutting any corners or anything like that, which can actually hurt you in the long run. Just for example, you know, some people might lower the weight a little bit on a BOL for a LTL shipment in order to get themselves a slightly better price. So while that might seem appealing, and I'm not saying people are cheating the system, et cetera, but you know, while that may seem appealing you know, to cut corners a little bit, but then when it's going to come time for you to reconcile that shipment, Amazon is going to tell you, well, according to this, to the weight that we have in the system for this product, you're, you sent in a thousand units of this and that should have equaled X weight, but you only wrote 
why wait on the BOL? So we're going to assume that you actually shorted and didn't send them the right amount of product. So while it may seem tempting sometimes to do certain things that could, you know, be workarounds or things like that, it's it's always best to just follow the TOS completely and you know do exactly what you're supposed to be doing. So this way you cover yourself on all bases, inventory wise, and everything can be recoverable when you get to the point of actually reconciling and recovering it. Yeah, interesting. I, I guess what you were saying earlier about the fact that you're a data company and you're looking for inconsistencies, I guess any database business, and that includes, by the way, if you're in the you know 15th century Italy and you're a merchant <laughs> doing double entry accounting, that's data. And if the tax office looks at your data and it doesn't make sense, that's when they start investigating. And I, certainly how the HMRC, Her Majesty's Revenue and Customs, by the way, the Queen doesn't come and visit, just so you know, that's <laughs> what it's called. And the, the tax office or the IRS, where you and anybody in between. Between, whether it be Amazon, the, the tax authorities internationally, if you've got inconsistent data in a system where there is a possibility of comparing one set of data with another, you've got a problem. And I would say if you're going to cheat the system, you need to really be th- thorough and consistent or you could just go crazy and just not try and cheat because right. normally if you try and fudge things at one end in a digital world where everything is measured... And that allows extraordinary things to happen, of course. Like, as you said, the Amazon system, and thank you for the reminder, is an extraordinary system. And the fulfillment right. system is extraordinary, but it still has errors really in it. Well. But if you start introducing false data into a very, very, very data-driven system, you can expect things to melt down pretty quickly. If you send an inventory with no barcode on it and the wrong weight, you're kind of <laughs> really asking for right. trouble. But uh, right. it's an interesting point. A BOL, presumably bill of lading, by the way. No, yeah, is proof of delivery. So, proof of delivery, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It, well, how, BOL is a POD. It's a proof of delivery. A BOL is one of the well, a signed BOL would be a, a POD signed by the Amazon warehouse showing that the inventory has been received. Now, you know, a lot of times we get that question as well. And one of the answers I have to our clients is that, you know, you're not necessarily doing anything wrong and there's nothing that you can really change in your process. You have to understand right. that you're using Amazon system and their, you know, their warehousing and their, their operations, obviously their FBA operations, etc. So automatically, you're going to be at their mercy for when things fall through the cracks. So whether it's, you know, whether you sell, you know, breakable goods, let's say, or whatever it is. And, and you know, there's the manual aspect of it also where you can have a warehouse employee who's, you know, lugging a, a pallet off the truck and it just simply, you know, accidentally knocks into something or whatever, et cetera, and something breaks or a box falls and it, and it breaks and shatters. That's you didn't do anything wrong. That's just that's par for the course. That's how the business you know operates. When things go discrepant, I mean, we're dealing with, you know, in the U.S. There's 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 hundreds of warehouses and insane operations going on in every single warehouse. Robotics mixed with you know human interaction, etc. It's just crazy. And and you know, yeah, things are going to get misplaced. Things are going to fall through the cracks, etc. So it's not necessarily about what the seller can correct or is doing wrong. It's just more about that you know, you're part of this process and you can do phenomenal sales on this process, but then things inevitably are going to fall through the crack by no fault of your own. Yeah. And I guess it's then having a, a way to, as I say, reconciling is kind of matching things up and then dealing with the fact because Amazon will pay you for the fact they messed up and that's only fair. And it's just like if your supplier on the creation of product side um, doesn't do things perfectly, but is acceptable, then that's just a part of the cost of doing business. And and the same with the warehousing operation. Again, it's a percentage game. So let's try and get into how do we actually, uh, so we let's just do a quick list of the classic inventory errors. So the one is in inbound shipments right so that's um, your first that's, your, so that's first. your first so just can you just kind of do a fairly sort of simple checklist of like three four five top things that cost people money that we should be looking out for uh, let's just do that list first and then let's just do a little bit of a diy 
DIY rough process for each one of them, if that's doable. Like, it yeah. may not be doable on a yeah. podcast, but let's try. I, I can't say that that's so doable, but I will explain yeah. let's what, do the, the, list. what the let's main do the areas list. of, of, yeah. of concern would be. So first of all, you have your missing from inbound, which is your, your step number one. You're sending the, the inventory into Amazon, as we said before, and Amazon short receives it. That's called missing from inbound. So it goes missing in the inbound stage. Um, then you can have it that your inventory was received, let's say properly. So let's let's just say you sent in a thousand units, and a thousand units were received, or nine hundred were received. The nine hundred then move into your account to be sold. They become credited to your account that this inventory now belongs to X Y Z account and can be sold to the customer. At that point, there's a, a a list of things that can that can go wrong in terms of inventory. So you have um, lost in transit. So that means that as your inventory goes from one warehouse to the next, so that's not to be confused with missing from inbound. It's not in the inbound stage. It's after it's been received. Now it's in transit between fulfillment centers. So at that point, it can go lost. It can get damaged in transit between fulfillment centers. It can get lost in the warehouse. It can get damaged in the warehouse. It can go discrepant. Simply discrepant means there's a discrepancy. So Amazon says they've received 900 units but then somehow you only have 850 available to sell in your account and the other 50 are just simply unaccounted for there's no there's no record so to speak of what happened to those 50 units of inventory let's just say so that's called discrepant then you have disposals inventory disposals where amazon will go sometimes and dispose of inventory and there has to be a a valid reason why amazon is disposing of the inventory sometimes that can be you know there there can be a a reason why amazon is disposing of it that it should not be disposed of so let's say you're 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 a company that sells dated product you know food and the like or things that have a shelf life etc so sometimes the the items can get disposed of incorrectly so that's another area now there's there's another aspect, and that is that we we work with uh, sellers on a on a one by one basis for these type of things. So let's say you can also have it that your dimensions or weight can be incorrect in the Amazon system, which will result in incorrect fees. Now, the reason why I say why we work on a one by one basis with with clients on those cases is because you don't want to s- just we've we've seen you know we we we've seen more than once that you know you open cases for that type just based on the data and then it ends up actually hurting the client because when amazon remeasures the product they remeasure it at a higher weight or higher dimensions which actually ends up increasing their fees so we work on a on a one by one basis when it comes to those type of cases but yes that's certainly another one funny story on that we you know Noah Gross who's our, our again founder and CEO so they have a dog and they were ordering a leash for their dog and it was one of these just a regular simple strap leash and the a box shows up at the door. I mean, probably the leash itself was about maybe this big once it was rolled up and the box shows up at the door. Large, large size box. I would say probably about three feet long, you know, a couple inches high. And it's like, whoa, okay, what did we order here? <laughs> and you cut open the box and inside it in the corner is the leash rolled up in the corner. Now, why would something like that happen? The answer to that is because there's two things when you're creating an Amazon listing. There's the product dimensions and there's the, there's the shipping dimensions. Many people don't realize that those two things are different. So when you're telling over what the product dimensions are, you may want to say that this is a three-foot-long leash. However, when you want to say what the shipping dimensions are, that's not a three-foot-long product. It's a couple inches in the shipping dimensions. So clearly, that listing must have had it that on the shipping dimensions, it showed that it was three feet long. So, which is why, and again, everything in Amazon is computerized and you know, you know, auto-generated, etc. So, the box that the that the system told you know the warehouse to build was a three foot 
long box because it says that it's a three foot long leash. Now you could imagine that the fees on a three foot long box are going to be exponentially higher than a couple inches box. So they were getting killed in the fees. And when I ran the Amazon calculator afterwards, when Noah told me the story, we ran the Amazon calculator and seen that they were probably losing about three to $4 a unit. Yeah. In shipping, so they're selling the product for six, seven bucks, and they're, they're they're getting hit with fees that are way over the top. That's really entertaining. So I guess it's it kind of is comes down to that old adage that used to go with uh, the computer industry, which is rubbish in, rubbish out. You've got to understand there is no common sense built into a computer, and therefore, if you put stupid figures in to the wrong box, you're going to get dumb things happening the other end. Hey there, folks. Thank you so much for listening. So today's show, I think, is a pretty simple topic, refunds, okay? On the one hand, Amazon owes you a ton of money as a seller. Quite probably, it is a lot more money than you expect. If you've never looked into it, the revelation could be, on the one hand, oh, they've messed up a lot more than I thought. And on the other hand, they owe you money. And the good side is, it's your money. And if you claim it, you get a ton of cash that you didn't necessarily know you even were missing. But it's good news, basically. The main other thing I would say is um, we've discussed this and we can talk about, you know, how Refund Sniper works, who this is for, etc. But it's useful to know what the classic inventory management er errors are. And you should certainly be looking into them. Inbound misshipments, errors on the account. So you should be aware of that. You may want to take this stuff in-house if you get big enough. But frankly, most of my serious seller friends and the more intelligent clients I've got just get somebody else to do this for them. Whether you use Refund Sniper or somebody else is is uh, up up to you. But I would definitely say I don't know anyone seriously who actually really wants to dig into the amount of data you have to process just to get your money back. I do know somebody who did it in-house and they had a full-time VA on this. Now, admittedly, he was doing about half a million dollars a month uh, at that point. This is a few years ago and I think Amazon's maybe got slightly better at refunding people, but he had a full-time VA on it and, and that's going to be a cost and an overhead. And of course, the VA was on a learning curve on how to do it. Whereas if you hire somebody, yes, they'll take a percentage off you, but it's a percentage of money you didn't have in the first place. So I would suggest that my experience suggests and common sense suggests outsource this stuff. Get somebody else to do it get the money back and yes you'll take a percentage off you also bear in mind some people take 20 percent, 25 some take 30 percent. that's the sort of range and obviously if you get 80 percent or 70 percent 80 percent sounds better but all i'd say is 80 percent of how much the more competent people are the, the more you're going to end up paying them but then the bigger amount of money they'll bring it back so don't overcomplicate this stuff i've seen a lot of people tie themselves up in knots because they don't want to pay somebody else to do stuff that they could do themselves just because you can doesn't mean you should there are some things that are worth doing yourself because they add value to your brand and some stuff that is a total pain i would probably classify this in the latter category your call but if you do want to work with somebody refund sniper obviously is one person you can do you can get an audit for free which is great or um, you can have a deeper dive and then you can work with them if you want so their easiest way is to email them info at refundsniper.com and there's a ton of ways to contact them there including an 0800 number you can facebook message them whatever you want but these guys uh, know their business and definitely at least worth getting an audit at the very very least folks the the very very least you should do with any of the experts on the on the program that are relevant to your needs have a free conversation and educate yourself that's always the minimum I'd advise everyone to do. You don't have to go ahead and sign anything or work with people if you don't want to, but educate yourself. That's the very least. 
we all of us should be doing. And that's the mission I'm on here to help educate you and make you more money, frankly, and also make your life less stressful. I mean, some stuff on Amazon is just a nightmare to do. And, and this is one of those areas. So the very least get some help from an expert. Hopefully you've had some of that already. If you like what we're offering here and would like to hear more of it, then obviously subscribe to the show. Don't forget to hit that button in your podcast player of choice. And if you happen to be on Apple Podcasts for the moment, Spotify, or that's growing like Topsy, and we're seeing our downloads there grow a lot. Sadly, you cannot leave a review, which is super annoying, but there it is. But if you're on Apple Podcasts, we'd love you to leave a review that's writing stuff or even just a rating, just like Amazon these days. You can tap one, two, three, four, or five stars, preferably five, of course, but be honest. If you have got things that you want us to change, then do email me michael at amazingfba.com with your thoughts or if you've got particular topics you want us to address uh, we've got a ton of experts we're in touch with these days an ever-increasing circle of people that want to work on the show now which is wonderful so we can pretty much address any amazon related or e-commerce related topic you want with an expert interview so just get in touch and let me know other than that go and look into this area if you do nothing else do a bit of uh, work on either doing it yourself or getting somebody else to do the refunds thing. If you don't have a business yet, then obviously don't worry about it and go and do something else. But if you have got a business and you have got existing sales, even for a few months, even at a modest level, you could find this could make you a lot of money, which is a nice thing to be able to hand you as a gift. Thanks for listening. Speak to you in the next show. Thanks so much for listening to the 10K Collective podcast, part of the family of amazing FBA podcasts. Today's episode is sponsored by the new e-commerce podcast, The E-Commerce Leader. The podcast is hosted by yours truly and Jason Miles, multi-million dollar Shopify owner and Unimi's highest rated e-commerce instructor. If you're the owner of a thriving online business and you want to become the best e-commerce leader you can be, it's got your name on it. For free guides and mini courses on many topics, go to www.theecommerceleader.com.